Hey everybody, welcome back to Small Talk Japan. On this show, we talk about everything Japan while you do your dishes or laundry or whatever the hell you do while listening to the show.、Uh, my name is Mitch, and I'm obviously totally here in studio with Alex. Hello. Hi, everybody. Now, we'll get to why Alex is not actually in studio, although he is kind of in studio. But first, let's talk about our topics today. We're going to talk about how the number of school students in Japan has decreased, and we'll talk about how many. We're going to go over Hanyu. Hanyu's retirement. We're going to talk about、uh, how tourism in Japan is, is up over 10,000 for the first time, but still down all around. We'll talk about how Studio Ghibli's theme park has a lot of restrictions and an opening date.、Uh, and we'll also talk about some more fun things, Alex. We're going to talk about、uh, the daily COVID cases in Japan reaching a new high, how you can rent a folk house、uh, just outside Tokyo in Chiba Prefecture. Um, how you can roll a dice and pick a train ticket to a random destination for an amazingly cheap price. And finally,、uh, how Japanese junior high school girl has been removed from class for grooming her eyebrows. All right, roll that intro. Uh, so, uh, Alex, how are you feeling?、Um, yeah, I'm good, man. You good? good? You good? Yeah, I'm just,、uh, you know, laying back here at home. <laughs> Forcibly being laid back at home. Forcibly being imprisoned in my own house. <laughs> to me, being British is a bad thing. Yeah, it's,、uh, if you guys haven't figured it out already,、uh, we've got、uh, Alex is a close contact, probably, probably has the Rona, and so、uh, he has to stay home for this.、Wow. Yeah, I have to stay home.、Uh, look at my, my God, I'm in double now. Look at this. Where did why, why? Why? What's going on? <laughs> Not only am I a force ghost, I'm a double ghost. Oh, no, I'm massive. Okay. If,、uh, if you annoy me at any point during this, I'll just tower over you like a giant, <laughs> like this as well. So. There's loads of things we can do. If you're not getting the visuals for this, I do apologize. Basically, we have our studio, and, uh, and uh, Alex is zooming in on a green screen, and we placed him in the studio, but he keeps leaning towards his camera, so he keeps getting gigantic in size. I like the,、uh, the way that it's put together so professionally as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering that we had to come up with this, this like, in the last few minutes, I think it's pretty, it's,、uh, it's pretty dope. Pretty. Yeah, the, the setup was very rapid, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about. Well done, Josh. Yeah, good job, Josh.、Uh, by the way, happy birthday, Josh. He's got a birthday coming up tomorrow. Yeah, by, How the, old are you? by the time this episode is up, I will be 30 years old. Wow. He's turning 30. It's all downhill from here, mate. You know, it doesn't get any better than that. Well, well <laughs> we're, we're just. It, honestly, I, I, I think as, as long as Josh doesn't get what the, the, the BA5, whatever is going around for his birthday, I think that he'll be in, in、uh, happy, happy territory. Fingers well, crossed. That's, that's present enough, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Well, we were supposed to go to dinner tomorrow, actually, me,、uh, uh, Josh, and his wife. But then, like, his wife messaged me about what to do about the cake. And I was like, let's cancel. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she's like, yeah, it's kind of scary right now. I was like, yeah, let's just go ahead and cancel it. Let's just do it on a different time when we're not. I mean, well, actually, let's just go into it. Let's get into the first story.、Uh, Japan's, go, go for it, uh, uh, Alex. All right, so I've got Japan's daily COVID cases top 150,000, which is a new record high for the country.、Uh, on Wednesday, we had over 150,000 cases,、uh, according to、uh, Kyoto News Tally,、uh, as the country grapples with its seventh wave of coronavirus infection spurred on by the highly transmissible、uh, BA5 Omicron subvariant. A record number of daily cases reported in 30 of Japan's 47 prefectures, including Kanagawa, Aichi, Osaka, Hyogo, and Okinawa. 
uh, and Tokyo had over uh, 20,000 uh, new cases, uh, which is a big number for Tokyo, isn't it? <laughs> See, and the thing is, is that the this new wave is being uh, spurred on by children mostly, right? Because you've got not only a lot of those smaller children not vaccinated yet, but also uh, because, you know, they're close contact with each other, just like spreading it and then bringing it home, giving it to the parents. Yeah, and they just touch fucking everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> they do. They're filthy, filthy animals. <laughs> so, you know, they'll touch their mouth and their eyes and, you know, uh, sneeze all over each other with no no worries whatsoever. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the case in our house as well. So my son got COVID at a, a school event, actually. like a, They didn't a, even tell you about it, right? No, not till afterwards, no. So that was a bit annoying. But it was like a speech contest thing and he brought it back, but... Yeah. yeah so he's i mean everybody's fine but it's just like you know a bit of an inconvenience yeah i mean yeah. It, it is it is i mean it's an inconvenience for those that are healthy and vaccinated right it's those who have pre-existing conditions and are unvaccinated that it's still kind of scary for so if you are out there and you're not vaccinated please do yourself a favor get vaccinated uh or you know help somebody else get vaccinated or consider getting vaccinated yeah please yeah uh, yeah Speaking of children, uh, number of primary middle school students in Japan down 1 million in a decade. Now, uh, myself and Alex can actually con contest this because uh, we used to be ALTs 15 years ago, so over a decade ago. And even then, there was schools that were closing down because they didn't have students to, to fill the schools. And now it's even worse. Like There are just like abandoned buildings, school buildings everywhere. So much so that uh, the annual, you know, laugh fest. Uh, what is it? What 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 are uh, the no laughing game? Uh, it is always filmed in an abandoned school somewhere in the country, uh, and so yeah, the children are just rapidly shrinking. Not in height. Not they're in already, height. They're already quite short. But, your um, son is your son is very tall. He is very tall. Yeah. Um, and handsome, just like his father. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, I, I taught at a school which had like seven kids once, and it had 14 teachers. So you can imagine, you know, the, the student-pupil ratio was quite good in favor of the, uh, well, both both sides, actually, if you think about it. Now, I, I asked uh, one of my schools that is Coldo Elementary School, and they had the same situation. I think they had seven children and about... Uh, teachers and uh, facilitators, I think they had about 12. And I kept right. saying, like, what are you guys doing? Like, don't you see that this is kind of ridiculous? Just bust them somewhere, right? But their answer was actually quite interesting. They said that the schools are usually the community centers for the neighborhoods. And so if you get rid of them, then they lose their community center. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, certainly that kind of vibe, you know, people used to gather there for events and things like and that. And there are also evacuation shelters and things like that. So um, during the during the tsunami, actually, you saw a lot of video from the rooftops of elementary schools where, the, where people fled because they are over-engineered as concrete, like, fortresses, you know. Um, and so they are, they are important for the community, so they, they don't want to shut them down. But yeah, the, the children are definitely, the population is definitely receding from the uh, baby boom era when they i mean like i was i was talking to some of my 80 uh, 70 70 year old students back in the day and they were in japan you have like ikumi nikumi sankumi it's like what would you call it the number of classes, number of classes right? in a yeah. grade mm -hmm. and yeah they would be like they would be like yeah when i was a kid we'd have like junikumi and stuff like that they have like 12 classes in one grade with like 40 or 50 kids in a class right yeah now it's like three with like 25 yeah. 
Well, it's better. At least classroom numbers are getting more reasonable. Yeah, that's good, but it's bad for the long-term economy if the population keeps shrinking. Uh, so talking about height, um, this is an interesting story. So Sunny Brown, first Japanese to reach 100 me- uh, meter final at Worlds, uh, whatever, cha- uh, World Athletic cha- Championship. When you said height, I was thinking like the first Japanese person to reach 100 meters <laughs> of height. I was like, is this some kind of Godzilla you know, shit going on here. So there was a, one of our, <laughs> one of our patrons, uh, made a very, uh, very, uh, kind remark saying that it would be nice if Alex is on the show every now and then, cause he hasn't been on the show for a couple of weeks. And, um, and I, I was joking with, uh, Alex about this after the, uh, when we, we did like a rooftop party or he did like a rooftop party on his, on his uh, office that he invited me to. And I was like, yeah, I think our patrons and our fans will like, like it when Alex is on the show. He's like, it's because I just say stupid shit. <laughs> Somebody's got to. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Uh, anyway, so this is uh, kind of interesting. I thing I want to ask you about, uh, Alex, is that so we've got the, the first uh, Japanese national to get 100 meter uh, uh, gold, I think it was, in the, in the uh, men's uh, world athletic championships. Uh, and his name is Abdul Hakim Sani Brown. So that's quite the name. He is a uh, Japanese born, but he's obviously, you know, uh, interracial. And I'm, I'm wondering, how do we feel about this? Because, you know, there, when Osaka, Naomi, when she was like, oh, you know, Japan won golden, you know, tennis or whatever. There was like a lot of purists that were saying, oh, she's not Japanese. Uh, what, how do you feel about this, Alex? Because you have two half kids. Well, Sonny Brown was born in Japan, right? And yep. raised in Japan. Yeah. And Naomi Osaka was born in America and raised in America. Yeah, she's from Florida. <laughs> Uh, she might have. Like, she might have been born in Japan, but raised in America. I think it was. We're gonna get uh, Josh's fact checking that, but but her cult, like when she did Japanese interviews, like Japanese is so shit. It's like you know. Yeah. What did she say? Tonkatsu skides. <laughs> what did she? Yeah, something like that. So it's just not. I think it doesn't matter really. You know, whatever. You could claim both nationalities if you want, but it just seems a bit unfair for kids born here. Yeah. Who who aren't allowed to have two passports to see somebody claiming both nationalities when it suits them. Yeah. Josh, where, uh, where is she born? Uh, she was born in Osaka. Osaka, okay, Naomi so, was born in Osaka. So Okay, so Naomi Osaka was born in Osaka. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's the story. That she was born in Osaka, and then when she was youngish, she went to move to the States or whatever. But So it's bizarre. It's like when it suits them, it's okay to be that nationality, which is kind of weird because, you know... Like usually, kids have to choose at the age of—is it twenty or twenty-one or something? It's like twenty. That. It's twenty. So it might might be even sooner soon because they become adults at the age of eighteen, right? Yeah, um, I really, I really wish that Japan because it's not helping the population. I mean, they they should allow you to have two passports at least. You know, I, I don't see the point in being so strict about that. Well, many people do keep them actually, regardless of you know. What are you talking about? No one does that. That is totally not a thing. Hmm. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Civil court asked uh, civil group asked court to halt state funeral of XPM Abe. Uh, I, 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 whenever I read things internally in English, like I get to Abe and I always read it Abe because I'm stupid. Right, yeah. I'm like Abe. I was like, didn't he die a long ass time ago? Oh wait, this is Abe. Okay. 
Uh, anyway, so basically, a group of 50 people, including civic group members, asked the Tokyo court in Thursday to issue an injunction ordering a stop to the state funeral for a uh, slain former prime minister, Shinzo Abe. The request to the Tokyo district court coming out of, uh, on the eve of a cabinet decision to hold a rare funeral, likely on September 27th, seeks to halt the use of, na- of the national budget if the cabinet goes ahead with the plan. It would only be the second state funeral for a former prime minister in post-world Japan, uh, and the opposition camp has expressed concerns that the funeral, to be fully funded by the government, could be used to cement the the legacy of the divisive figure. Now, I don't know how divisive he was, but he definitely had some positions that went against the grain, especially when it came to changing the constitution so that the GATI, the self-defense forces could be offense. For- I don't, I, I mean, technically what the fuck is the difference between a self-defense force and an offensive force? Aren't they basically the same thing? Well, it is pretty much the same thing. They I both think, right? shoot just, bullets and missiles, right? It's probably got to do something with the amount of money that you can put into it or something like, I'm sure there's some kind of budgetary restriction or something like that. Yeah. So in order to increase the number of, people serving in that force you have to reclassify it or something like that yeah um and also they don't really have a great deal of experience if they're not allowed to participate in you know aid activities abroad and things like that as well yeah that that might be one of the things is they can't probably do that but so i don't know i mean abby's like um certainly a divisive figure in some circles but i think genuinely you know he, he did hold the office of prime minister for the longest was it yeah he was the longest serving prime minister um and that does say something as well because up until that point japanese prime ministers quitting every six months or something you know yeah um like i can't even remember the names like hatoyama and people like that you know it was this period of people leaving every two minutes honestly for me it's koi koi uh shit i've already forgot his name koizumi koizumi it's koizumi and then a bunch of people and then abe <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> very hard to remember who they were yeah um, so you know he's not as divisive as trump so well no or or <laughs> or, or or uh boris boris Bojo, yeah Bojo. Boris Johnson. Bojo. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm, as far as the state funeral goes, I don't know. It depends on the precedent of whether you want to give it for national leaders or not, yeah. regardless of how long they serve for. Um, well, you know, I, I would know. I would suggest that if he's assassinated, I think that there should be some sort of remembrance for him. Probably, yeah. I mean, because being a public figure, I mean, you do draw flack anyway, regardless yeah. of you know, your opinions and stuff like that. So. I mean, I used to give him shit, but that was just because, you know, just having having a laugh. But, like, you know, being prime minister during the pan- the beginning of the pandemic was probably not fun. So. Oh, God, no. No, no. It must have been awful. Yeah. I feel sorry for Koike from Tokyo because, you know, Governor Koike, because she's got to go through these, like, uh, meetings every morning still about COVID and you know what to do with them and things like that. She's on TV quite a lot. You know, she's like one of the strongest females like out there. She is just great. She well, is physically. No, no, just like emotionally. <laughs> no, I don't. She's not going to like start fighting people, but emotionally, she's just really, really strong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you have to be. I mean, I was talking to this guy the other day, and you'll know a little bit about this. But he's saying like announcers on f- TV, like female announcers have to be like super mentally tough because if they make a small mistake or something like that people you know come down on like a ton of bricks it's crazy and but they won't do that for male announcers female announcers get a lot more shit than male announcers in this country yeah so they're saying the best way to deal with it is just to literally look into the cameras if you haven't made a mistake yeah just keep going yeah 
don't even admit it, you know. And so. and the other the other thing that's really hard about female announcers is that they are sexualized as well. Um and in a weird way. Like I don't I don't think this is a thing in the West. I mean, I, I'm sure that there are some some sexy reporters or whatever, but we don't sexualize them to the level that the Japanese do. And so they've got not only do they get this like harassment treatment, but they also get crazy amounts of pressure from the audience to be perfect. And again, yeah. none of this happens to their male co- counterparts. It's really ridiculous. So yeah. My wife had a good suggestion the other day. She was saying we should get in the bottom corner of small talk. You know, usually they have like the Japanese reporters, like they have the face in the corner while the report's going on. It's called white boot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're going like, I'm looking interested about I, it. I used to have to do that for TV. It was ridiculous. Oh, you dig. <laughs> So they should get Chisato down here in the corner looking pissed off with things that I'm saying. <laughs> Chisato is uh, is Alex's wife for those who don't know. Yeah. Well, she that's like that's like dinner at your house. That's basically how it is. It's like she'll sit there and look pissed because like, first of all, not only do I show up with an entire bar's worth of alcohol every time I come to your house. That is true. But like, <laughs> she, so she's just angry from the beginning and then she gets angrier and then she, start, so then she starts to drink with us and then she gets lit and then she starts to join in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the people at the local supermarket, I, I think they often wonder what all that booze is for, you know? So <laughs> See two of us and they're like, no, that can't be. That can't be. <laughs> Who's that for? Petition started to stop forcing students to cheer for their high school baseball teams. Now, this is hilarious. So uh, some schools in their drive to push for their teams uh, for their teams to the top have been forcing other members of the student body to go out and show support for the baseball team. Uh, blah, 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 blah. In the process, JYC, whoever the fuck that is, blah, blah, blah. Students, they, they cited a 16-year-old student in Kawagawa Prefecture who said that they had to attend support practice and attend games using their own money. Wow. I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever gone. To, I've gone to one football game for my college, and that was it. No, I've been to zero. <laughs> I didn't even go to the actual PE class, I don't think. Really? <laughs> yeah. How how are things this the these days with the students and uh, uh, what are they called? Sports day, undokai. What do they do? Uh, they're not holding them, I don't think. Or they hold them at school in the morning and they don't invite the parents along. Ah, uh, so it's just uh, so closed. Absolute w- win-win situation for me. <laughs> yeah. Josh has to chime in. Um, a lot of my students said that if they have sports day they only allow like one person, like one family member to visit. Or, and there's no eating, right? Or and then eat it ends before lunchtime. So uh, there's no lunch eating. Which is sad because I used to teach grandmas and this one woman, Miss Sumi, she's so cute. I hope she's still alive. She was like 83. <laughs> no, she, no, no, she was like 83, like seven years ago. But anyway, she used to, she used to actually plan out her bento boxes, like a map on a piece of paper. And she, like, and she would show it to me. She's like, this is what I'm going to make for all of my, my family members because the other families would see their bentos. And it yeah. was like, it was like a, what do you call it? Jimon Pointo. What would you say? It's like a competition. It's like competition. It's like bragging rights, you know? Yeah. So, all right, let's go. I to mean, if you don't have to make it, it's fine. Yeah. Your, your wife, she has her own Instagram for bento boxes and fucking every time I'm like, oh man, that's great. Yeah. Your wife is a cook, but I was surprised that for Christmas you were the one that primarily cooked, Alex. That was that was surprising to everyone in attendance. I can't, I can't, I can't do it if necessary, you know, <laughs> if it's required. Which is which is weird because like your wife says that everything else when it comes to the, like stuff at home you're shit at, but she says for Christmas dinner you can do it. That's absolute bullshit. <laughs> I'm amazing at cleaning. 
<laughs> All right, All right, go to story. I've got, I've got another story. Uh, rent an entire folk house in Japan, surrounded by nature, just outside Tokyo. Um, so this is a kominka, which is like a traditional Japanese house, uh, and you can rent one just outside uh, the center of Tokyo. It has traditional architectural features and old world charm, apparently. <laughs> but these places aren't always easy to find, um, and especially for guest houses, it can be quite costly to stay in as well. So this uh, Yamanashi-based company called Loof has stepped in and, and made a, a series of these kominka that you can stay in, the latest being Seino Ie, which is a 150-year-old house uh, located in Wada Town, uh, Minaboso City, which is uh, near the Boso Peninsula in uh, Chiba Prefecture uh, next to Tokyo. So it looks like a really nice little facility, actually. It's got a nice sauna, um, a bit of deck outside, a little kind of bath area. Uh, you can have a fire outside with the family, a barbecue. And then inside, it's a traditional Japanese kominka. So it's got wooden floors and a irori, little uh, fire pit as well. And you also have uh, horigotatsu, so, you know, where you can sit on the floor and put your feet into the floor cavity so you can yep. look like you're sitting in the floor, but you're not. You're <laughs> <laughs> those are the, the, if you're going to sit on the floor in an izakaya, those, ha those are a must. I hate izakayas that don't have somewhere to put your feet. And also the tables... Like when they've got a thick table and it's just tatami, like you just literally can't fit your legs under the table. Have you had that? Yeah, and like you know, you sit uh, cross-legged, agura. Like your knees just don't fit under the fucking table, yeah. and it's like how? And then, but they, the, all the Japanese people are doing it. I'm like, how? How? What is going on here? I'm sure they can't do it either. I've never seen anybody manage to get them under. The but. the worst is when you go to a funeral and it's tatami and you have to sit in seiza. What would you say seiza? Seiza is like with the knees bent in front. Mm -hmm. And you have to in sit front. like that. <laughs> bent underneath you, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to explain what seiza. You know what I'm saying, right? Uh, knees bent in front is like the other way. Right? What I, like, 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 like this, okay? Like yeah. I would say like you're sitting on your shins. Yeah, you're sitting on your shins. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay. okay. Anyway, so you have to sit like that for over an hour, and I can't possibly do it. So I put, I like my, my feet fall asleep. So I like put my feet out and sit cross legged, which is like a serious sign of disrespect during a funeral. I'm so sorry, all you funeral people. You're putting the fun into funeral. Put the, uh, putting the, the pain into funeral. Right. So this place is uh, it's 1,800 yen per person per night, plus the service charge, you know, seasonal service charge. It's a pretty good deal to me. It's all right. Yeah, that's not bad. That's cool. 129 bucks. Probably less, actually, now. Yeah. The dollars is like, oh, so weak. All right, let's go to a, kind of a sad story. Figure skating icon. Mr. Hanyu retires from competition. Now, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know who Yuzuru Hanyu is, he is a 27-year-old world champion, uh, Olympic gold uh, met, uh, figure skater. He is... Not only is he beloved amongst Japanese people, he's also just beloved around the world. He just He's like this sweet... I don't want to guess at his sexuality, but let's just say this very sweet, kind boy who is uh famous for like being incredibly nice on the podium like there was this there's this i think it was him that did this like the, all it was like first second uh and third places on the podium he just gathered everybody up onto the first uh place podium and just like had everybody in like a hug together and he's just like adorable and like cries a lot because he's just so pure and so innocent and he likes Winnie the Pooh. This has nothing to do with Jing Jing, uh, Xi Jinping. This has uh, so he likes Winnie the Pooh. So people throw thousands of Winnie the Pooh stuffed animals onto the ice every time he skates, and so they actually have like a a Pooh squad 
of women who like skate out on the ice and collect all the Winnie the Poohs. And, so, uh, from what you're saying, he, he gathers all the people on the first boat. Do you think Emily comes out and taps him on the shoulder and goes, I'm sorry, that's not the point. <laughs> some, somebody has to win. No, um, no. But, the fact that he's got a squad of women called the Poo Squad, you know, that's kind of worrying to me. I'm no longer, uh, I'll no longer be able to be compared <laughs> with other uh, competitors, he said during a press conference, a co- conference in Tokyo with some 150 media p- personnel f- uh, flocked to report on the Global Star's words. But I'll keep fighting my weaknesses and my past self, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> in terms of results, I achieved everything I could achieve. I stopped wanting to be evaluated. So he's just basically like, no, been there, done that. I'm good. But yeah. So he's gonna. There'll be an article about him coming out in a couple of years' time. Well, sure. I don't. I don't want to guess at anybody's sexuality. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he, the way figure skaters, you know, uh, the, the the way they have to express themselves is is usually, you know, like oh, I don't want to make general sweeping <laughs> like generalizations here. But if you are a little bit more in touch with your feminine side, I think that that's easier to do that sport. Just gonna leave it at that. And not touch anything more. <laughs> I used to do figure skating when I was a child, you know. Yeah, I think you said that, and I don't believe you. Uh, no, it's true. My mom made me do it. So the, the reason I did it was because if I did, I would get McDonald's afterwards. So wait. I, I, don't, I don't know what she was aiming for. Wait, wait. So she's like, do figure skating, and I'll give you a McDonald's. Yeah, we got a McDonald's afterwards. So I was like, nice. Put up with this for, you know, 40 minutes, and then have a burger there are uh, there are american families that do that for, with church they make their kids go to sunday school or whatever church and they promise the mcdonald's afterwards well if it works <laughs> you say it is the golden arches you know all right go to a story uh, alex i only got three stories left how many do you have i've got three as well so. all right go to go to one uh japan's random destination roll the die train tickets an amazingly cheap way to go somewhere this is interesting i i, I can't believe this is a thing so it says seven great destinations and a chance to save almost 150,000 yen if you're especially lucky. Um, and basically what this is, is uh, West Japan Railway um, is going to allow people to get this thing called a Saikoro ticket. Saikoro means dice. Yeah. Um, and you don't get to choose where you go. So you're not completely in the dark because there are seven stations in central and western Japan that you can go to. Uh, in Wakayama, Hyogo, Kyoto, Okayama, Fukui. Hiroshima and Fukuoka, um, but you don't know which destination you're going to be going to. So the ticket costs 5,000 yen uh, for a round trip, and you can start anywhere inside Osaka City. So you'll get a random destination, and actually you'll save quite a lot of money, almost half the cost of a regular train ticket in some cases, uh, and up to you know 1.5, uh, sorry, 2.5 times in other cases as well. So you're going to save at least as much as 4,000 yen and probably sometimes as much as uh, 25,000 yen as well. The genius so. part of that is, it's, I mean, they, they're saying it's random, but they're just most likely shuffling the tourists to the low volume uh, oh, station, yeah. right? So it's genius because not only are they meeting capacity, but they're also doing it in a really fun way. Yeah. I mean, do they have the system to be able to do that? That is the question. Or is it like literally a guy with a piece of paper and a fax machine? Oh, no, it's oh, it's a guy. He probably pops pops out of a window and just like points at a station. You go here, sir. You must go there. You go there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But but it is cool. I would I would do that if I if I didn't have like 
you know, if I had like, cause like if you're a retiree, a pensioner, right. You got, you don't care where you go and you haven't been to any of those places. Just, you know, well, I was thinking the other day, maybe I'll just go to the airport and say, look, I want a ticket to anywhere. anywhere <laughs> in Japan. No, just for a laugh. And then I thought, well, the probability that you're going to end up in Tokyo is so high. Yeah. It's not worth doing it, right? Because well, there are more flights to Tokyo than anywhere else from here. Well, from here anyway, yeah. But I don't know. Like We do, we are a, a port for the island, so uh, a hub for the island. So that might be interesting. True. But I'd be like, is it on ANA's Mile Club? Oh, no, it's not. I'm not going. So, you know. <laughs> you don't like the islands here. I love the islands. And you don't you don't appreciate them because you're too, like, hoity-toity. You're hoity-toity. No, that's not correct. I do like the islands, but uh, I only like certain parts of the islands. So, yeah. Yeah. And certain <laughs> islands as well. Well, if anybody ever goes to uh, to uh, uh, Amamiyoshima, go to Nazeshi, Naze uh, City, and find the place called Fukuchan. It opens at 9 p.m. It's where all the people, when they finish their night jobs, go to hang out. It's really fun. It's a bar, and he makes really good food. That's all I have to say about that. Shout Thanks. out to Fukuchan. Love Fukuchan. All right. Is it upstairs? It's on the second floor of a building. His, I think he lives on the second floor, and his bar's on the first floor. I think maybe I've been there. Yeah, last time I went there, he was—he's a really friendly-looking guy. But last time I went there, he like shaved his head to be like in unison for his friend that's on chemo, and he just like looked like a like a monk. So I was just like making monk jokes the whole time. I really do like him though; he's a great guy. Anyway, female writers win top book awards, dominate shortlists. Uh, the winners of Japan's prestigious uh, Akutagawa and uh, and now Naoki Literary Prizes were revealed Wednesday, with female writers scooping the top honors uh, for works exploring themes of food and working relationships. Uh, so, just I want to I want to go over the the title. One of them is like uh, Junko Take Takae. I can never do this in, in English. Takase short number uh, novel. It's called "To Become Able to Eat Delicious Food." Uh, won the won the top okay. prize for upcoming authors. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, do you read any Japanese authors, Alex? Uh, no, no, I don't. Because basically, like, it's just a massive slog reading books in Japanese. Yeah, it's not fun why um, just because you know it's it's like reading a book supposed to be some form of relaxation isn't it really um or you know interest or whatever but if you have to stop every couple of pages and think where am i again you know it gets tiring so if i read a book in japanese i'll get through about four or five pages and have to have a break yeah because it's kind of tiring to read um everybody like recommends uh haruki murakami but uh i don't like him I'm I'm not a big fan. Uh, I read the last book that I read from him. The last short story thing it was that I read from him was like, oh shit, I forgot the name. It was like something something like the the elephant. Like it was a story about an elephant that got like gifted to a to a city, and like everybody was like, it's like the elephant problem. Studio Ghibli theme park announces very low daily attendance cap start date for ticket sales. So if you guys have been living under a rock, uh, then you wouldn't know this, but Studio Ghibli has a theme park that they've been working on throughout the pandemic. And we keep getting little nuggets of information about this theme park. And finally, they decided to say how many people would be able to come into the to the theme park. And it's, you know, uh, th that the highest attendance cap of the Ghibli Grand Warehouse, which is like, you know, they have little areas. And so each area has its own little attendance cap will be 4,000 visitors on weekends uh, and 3,500 visitors on weekdays. 
Uh, and then the, the Don Doko Forest will have the lowest attendance cap uh, of the three areas, admitting 750 people on, uh, on weekends and 650 people on weekdays. No more than 750 people uh, a day will be able to see all three areas on the same day. Uh, and that's kind of cool, I think, because I don't know. I think a lot of areas get ruined by over tourism. So like having a cap is cool. Also, I think it's much smaller than like a Disneyland. Uh, it says very first batch of tickets for guests uh, visiting in November will be going on sale August 10th through online ticketing uh, service. Boo woo ticket. I think that's how you say that. Um, so the Ghibli thing, it's good to have, you know, uh, visitor limitation because, you know, people can enjoy the park without it being too full. Yeah. All good. As long as it's not too low, like five people or something like that. Yeah. So, so you know, the lowest place is 650 people uh, on weekends. So it's not, it's not bad, but it's, it's obviously like there, I don't think that they're going, they're trying to be a Disneyland competitor. I think they're just trying to be their own little, I mean, it's the same thing with their movies, right? They're not trying to compete with Disney for like the worldwide audiences, but they're trying to do their niche thing. And so I think it's represented in their theme park, right? Well, if somebody likes it, Hollywood picks it up anyway and just kind of does their own thing with it. So. Spirited away. Disney was like, yeah. oh, we can produce this in America. So. Yeah. Leave it to us, guys. <laughs> okay, okay, I've got another story. I've got two left. All right, so go, for I go, with this yeah, go for both of them. Over half a million yen in cash comes floating down river in Toyama Prefecture with a video, which we can't see. Um, some people says that money doesn't go on trees, but sometimes it does flow down rivers, apparently. <laughs> Um, I guess this is a real cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> so in Toyama City, this guy found uh, 10,000 yen um, notes floating down a river and came up with at least 60 bills, which is 600,000 yen or $4,380, um, which is quite a nice uh, find, really, just to have outside your house floating past. And nobody knows where this money came from. Um, so maybe somebody fell into the river. Maybe somebody was flushing it away. Who knows? But in Japan, being a cash-based society, um, you know, 600,000 yen in cash wouldn't be totally unheard of. Uh, it is a lot of money to have on your person. But, you know, who knows how it came to be in the possession of the person that has it here. <laughs> so, yeah, very strange. Yeah, I've I never found... Any money in a river, unfortunately, I must say. There is a shrine, I think it's a shrine, in Japan in, where you can go and wash your money. Is there? Yeah. And it's supposed to uh, it's supposed to clean your money or something. I forgot exactly what it is. But yeah, you see video of people like literally, it, this, I think it's a shrine and it's, I think there's a river that flows through it. And they're just literally uh, like taking out notes and just like washing them in water. I'm just like... It's so is this like money laundering or something? I don't know. Money laundering. <laughs> Very small scale money laundering. Very small scale. Uh, All right. Go to your last uh, story now. I'll go to my last after that. All right. I've got Japanese junior high school girl removed from class for three days for grooming her eyebrows. So apparently uh, a girl in Fukuoka Prefecture in uh, the town of Kurume was told that she couldn't go to school for three days because she had shaved her eyebrows at the edges to give them a more groomed appearance. So she was 14 years old and she was given three days of uh, toko, which is separate room schooling. Um, and, you know, basically told off by the school. So I actually saw this kid on the news complaining about uh, this treatment and how it was ridiculous. 
Uh, and, you know, I think Fukuoka area is particularly strict about rules like this. So there's been a few stories about people dyeing the hair and being told not to go to school or, you know, wearing uniform in a slightly different way or whatever. But I don't really see what the problem with this is. Unless she, you know, is going totally extreme. I don't see that just going for your eyebrows a little bit is not really a big problem, is it? Like, uh, I, I brought my yearbooks in for from high school and showed some of our English students at the Aikawa school. And, like, dude, they're like, why are the the kids wearing makeup? And why are they wearing such, like, revealing clothing? I'm like, it's America. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in England, I mean, I went to a private school and it was a bit strict. But it wasn't like you couldn't do anything at all. Um, so I, I don't know why they, they insist on being so strict these days still doesn't seem to make any difference to me yeah for me i i i don't care i'm like you know the uniform thing i do like because it just makes it easier on the kids to decide what to do you know when they go to school they don't have to think about it but like the 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 thing that i think you said this before on a show that would piss me off is if i had a half kid and they were like your hair is brown it's like yeah that's the national that's a natural color of my kid's hair and they're like you have to dye it black i'd be like not okay with that at all yeah but josh you look like you're gonna say something uh, I didn't quite have that, but I almost had that happen to me when I was studying cooking in Tokyo. They said, like, you, why is your hair that color? No, the teacher said that everybody who had brown hair had to dye their hair black. And then this one girl threw a big fuss and she's like, what about, what about Josh? And then the teacher kind of looked at me and then he looked at the other, the girl and then he was like, I'll get back to you. And then I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to dye my hair black. Did you dye your hair black? Yeah, I dyed my hair black just to like have an excuse to try dyeing my hair black. But <laughs> the teacher didn't know what to say at the time. He was like, uh <laughs> Okay, so uh I dyed my hair black exactly one time and I immediately regretted it. And I was just like because I you know, it was like the the early two thousands and emo was like in and everybody had like <laughs> everybody had like emo haircuts and I was just like, all right, let's try this one time because I worked at a, a spa salon. Then I got all of my hair treatments and everything for free. And I was just like, all right, let's try. And it was terrible. I'd never do it again. I don't think we should do that one more time. You're a bit pale, so you'd look like a right goth. Should be hilarious. I I'll do I'll do spray on. I'll do spray on black. Uh, I did that once when I was Tony Stark for for Halloween. But I will not do permanent black. It's uh, I'll just be depressed for the entire time it takes my hair to grow out. Josh, you gotta no. put, you gotta put that photo in the podcast. Sorry. Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to our last story, and then uh, Alex and I actually have to have a like a a, a, a online drinks things with our patrons. So, uh, how to sleep upright? Japan comes up with a nap box for office workers. Japan's uh, Itoki Corporation uh, and Kyo. Ko Yoju Gohan KK, whatever that is, are partnering to release a vertical nap box to help uh, bring their healthier office to help bring a healthier office culture to the con- to the country. I don't know how this is healthier, but whatever. The part- the partnership was born out of a business matching event where Tokyo-based whatever none of that makes it. The two signed a license agreement on Thursday, and they are now in the design pro- process for a nap box. Make sure they put you p- the picture of this nap box in the thing. Pricing and availability haven't been decided yet. So basically. The idea here is instead of having people sit, sleep at their desks, which Japanese people do all the time during lunch because they are sleep deprived, uh, is to have this like upright box where you kind of like shimmy your way into it, have yourself a little nap in privacy. And I don't know if that's actually a good idea. 
Um, and it says in Japan, there are a lot of people who will lock themselves up in the bathroom for a while uh, and take a take a take a take a nap in there, and they're trying to avoid that. Have a nap in the bathroom. Why would you do that? There is a there's a subreddit called Anti Work. Okay, it's right, like r slash anti work, and they they're always talking about their hour long nap sessions on the toilet. What they pretending to take a a, a number two. That's crazy. I I just don't. If you have a job like that, guys, get a new job. You shouldn't torture yourself in a, in that kind of a workplace. You're gonna get piles, man. That's all I can say. Don't know what that is. I'm not gonna research it. <laughs> so anyway, that's been our show today, guys. We gotta get out. We gotta. So what, me and Alex and, and Josh are gonna have some beers and and hang out with the patrons for an hour. And so actually, one of our patrons is visiting Kagoshima this weekend. Uh, yeah 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 he he uh he hit us up and asked for suggestions of places to go it was like gave him a list so yeah i think he i think he might hang out at uh yoka yokoban the place that we did a uh, people of kagoshima uh video on if you guys haven't seen our sister channel people of kagoshima check it out uh we're starting to do shorts on there as well <laughs> which uh funny story we'll talk about this with our patrons but uh it's uh, not a good idea to have me present when filming shorts or ever, generally. Shut yeah. up, shut up. Did I tell you, I was on BBC Radio this week. Did I tell you that? No. I, yeah, I was on a live broadcast on BBC Radio. Where, where did you did you did you talk about what did you call what was it the what is it? Henderson's relish. Henderson. Oh, they found uh, it somewhere in an island or something like that, right? No, I found it. I found it in um, Jupiter in Kagoshima City, which is like a foreign goods store or whatever. Yeah. And there's this sauce that you can only get in Sheffield, basically, where I'm from. Yeah. And it, you can't get it in many places in the UK, even. Like, you can't buy it in different regions. And I found it in this supermarket. So it, I put a photo of it on Reddit, and that made it into a newspaper in Britain <laughs> without asking me, of course. Yeah. And then Radio Sheffield, like BBC Radio Sheffield, phoned me up and said, Can you come on air <laughs> and talk about this for our breakfast show? So um, I got interviewed by them, um, you know, for that as well. So all from a tiny bottle of relish, which I bought. There, there. Reddit is such a portal for so many like memes and trends out there. It's crazy. Like the volcano cat is uh, Nyan Chan. I forgot their actual Instagram handle, but it's like Nyan Chan something something official. And it's just like this one picture of like a, a of a cat looking out over Kinko Bay with Sakurajima erupting in the background, and the cat just looking like it's pondering something. Got onto Reddit, and it got like seven million upvotes. And then that Instagrammer became like a a one point two million sub Instagrammer overnight. It was crazy. And that was in Japan. That was in Kagoshima. Yeah, it's a nan. I, I have them on, on, on Instagram. I'll just check. I think I linked them to you as a People of Kagoshima interview, and you said, no ah, way. Ah, yeah. You, uh, yeah. You, well, you said, no way. Well, that's fine. If it's to do with cats, I don't care. <laughs> it's called... Here it is. It's called... Uh, it's called... No, Nora Neko underscore Nyankichi. And this person has almost 200,000 followers. And it's just a cat. It's just a cat. It's a fucking cat. <laughs> Anyway, all right, that's what our show today, guys. Uh, Alex, thanks for joining us from uh, from. Actually, thanks for coming into the studio and being here, part of our yes, show. Yes, being <laughs> slightly larger than normal. <laughs> all right, guys, if you want to join our Patreon, uh, there'll be a link in the description. All of our articles are linked below. We'll, we love you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, guys, so much for listening, and a special thank you to our supporters on Patreon. 
Jan Myler, Jen, Justin Perkins, Ellen, and Dennis P. You guys rock. <laughs>